0: All oh, the <laughs> Welcome back to the Tag' You're it podcast. We have Jonathan Hayashi. and uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he was the, as Dave said, the first guy we had on our episode or on the podcast in 2018. Um, and then we also, I think the last time that we got together was October last year at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting in Springfield uh, where we talked with him about his new book at the time, Ordinary Radicals. And so that's what we brought him back. Um, to talk about some of those issues today. So, Dave, take her away. Yeah,
1: uh, well, we this will be the third time you've been on the program, Jonathan. So, uh, Well, four, because you were here with our interview for You Got a Question in. So just tell us a little bit about the response you've received. You know, that book's been out for a little over a year now, is that right? Or right about a year-ish. And uh, tell us about some of the responses you've received from that. And just kind of catch us up on what's been going on in uh, Jonathan Hayashi's life.
2: Yeah, so we—I just returned, in fact, last week uh, from Japan. We we took our church on a mission trip to Japan, and we have like our first ordinary radicals discipleship conference, and it was really surrounded by the book. And right now, the book is getting translated from English to Japanese, and right. trying to have that available. To and then, Lord willing, next year, twenty twenty, about we're going to have uh, kind of the updated version of Ordinary Radicals with study notes at the end. Nice. Uh, so that's coming soon, Lord willing, uh, as it, there was a great momentum and people uh, just really encouraged by that. But I think one of the biggest encouragement uh, that people have gave feedback was that discipleship was not a program we launched, but a lifestyle we embrace. Mm. Uh, so it, it's so much more than just some kind of uh, system or strategy or structure that you implement, but it's really the heart of the gospel of understanding, starting from really, like we're talking about X, we're talking about theology, uh, how the theology ties into the practicality of the methodology uh, within, you know, in our ministry, and our day, day-to-day life. Uh, so that, I think that's been really encouraging. That's something that we wanted to capture what ordinary radicals meant. Uh, for us, you know, a return to a Christ-centered esophageal. So I think it's been a great feedback, and I'm just really encouraged to hear, just really humbled and honored uh, that people took the time to read it and implement it within their churches, their small groups and so forth.
1: If you need someone to translate it into Haitian Creole, I know someone who would do that. All right. Yeah, (laughs) I just thought uh, that person would be really mad if I didn't throw that out for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, so I mean, like, so you are the worship pastor up in Troy, Missouri. Um have you, interpl- like, how's your church, I mean, just kind of going from the epicenter um, of the person that wrote this um, book, how has that affected your, like, just local congregation um, being a part of the ordinary radicals?
2: Yeah, one of the things that we were talking about, so a lot of the people on the mission strip, in fact, uh, were, you know, they're not deacons, they're not pastors or elders, uh, the Relay people. So one of the sessions I was teaching was uh, discipleship is a call for all, no excuse, you know, no exception. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that we, we talk about is that we talk about discipleship is done by the ordained clergy, right? Like mm-hmm. people who are, who, who have gone through seminary to, you know you know, Greek and Hebrew and so forth. And then there's the uh, lay people, right? What well, do lay people do? They lay around the church. <laughs> but what's encouraging is that a lot of the people who let, led the breakout sessions or teaching were actually your lay people. And uh, I truly believe that uh, if God's going to move or society or community or nation, it needs to be done by ordinary men and women mm-hmm. who are taking a radical stance for the gospel in a radical measure of looking into the scripture, looking to Christ, uh, who's the an author, and a, you know, author and perfecter of our faith. Um, so it's really encouraging that uh, these people who, are lay people who really have no role or title or position, uh, just really ordinary people, just like Acts 4.13 says, they were ordinary, uneducated men. Uh, these people taking up the call of the radical Really, uh, just a radical discipleship which is really radical, is returning to a root definition of what it is uh, of being a disciple and then taking up and starting within their homes, starting in their families, and then now in the church, uh, in radical measures, what it means, the gospel to saturate uh, every aspect of their lives, not just a simple gospel presentation, but a gospel conversation which begins really this world revolution uh, within their homes, their churches, and their community. So we've seen that slow movement of people really, you know, believing and embracing the gospel and wanting to live it out on a day-to-day basis. So that's been really Mm. exciting. I mean, you know, again, like, I'm I'm really an ordinary person too, you know, people say, well, you're getting a doctorate, but you know, really, I'm an ordinary person as well, Uh, but really begin to live and embrace that. So that's been really exciting, I would say, Mm. to see our church embracing that.
1: So, we are an Apologetics podcast, and mm-hmm. so I want to kind of connect the dots here. How does discipleship work hand-in-hand with apologetics?
2: Mm-hmm. Or do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do think so because I think discipleship, again, by definition, I think something we overcomplicate it mm-hmm. and we make it very unapproachable. And that's the reason we say it's only the ordained clergy, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is that we have a bunch of people, we have passive spectators rather than active co-laborers in the mission, in the message of the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that people begin to see this gospel as a consumer mentality into something that not to be embraced and lived, right? Mm -hmm. So so even apologetics, sometimes we think apologetics is just a bunch of these people just full head of knowledge and they're just communicating and just saying it, but actually as apologists or just apologetics and people just embracing the gospel, it's, we know it's so much more than head knowledge, don't we? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think one of the biggest misunderstanding about discipleship, is discipleship is information. Right. Yeah. So, but discipleship without application actually leads to frustration. Mm-hmm. But but a true understanding of discipleship, discipleship with application leads to transformation. Mm-hmm. Right? If if we as apologists miss that point, we're nothing different from the Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. If we just look in the times of Christ, who were the people who knew it all and who knew who 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 knew who knew about doctrine in a sense? The Pharisees. But they missed it big time because mm-hmm. they were they were not applying and living it within their lives. And I think sometimes I'm just afraid if Jesus were to return to the 21st century to our churches and he would look at our churches and what he would say. Well done, good and faithful servants. Oh, you Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm sure y'all churches don't have that problem. <laughs> but, um, so again, I, th- I do think the, the issue, again, discipleship, sometimes we think, Oh, it's just within a classroom we teach a bunch of information. But that's the reason I think we see where we fell. Theory never ties into practice, yeah. right? Or the classroom never reaches to the living room. Or theology never ties into their methodology. This is part of my doctrine dissertation that it just got to prove and I'm implementing within my church right now. Is that no, or belief always ties into our behavior. Mm-hmm. Or perception always ties into our practice. Yeah. And there's not a dichotomized mentality of just this cognition doesn't warm our affection that ties into our volition, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of Matthew 4, 19. And yeah. therefore, um, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So so again, apologetics, theology and everything and doctrine in the Bible ties in everything within our life. And uh, so so, so I'm really excited about this, this part of the doctrine of dissertation that I just finished writing with Southern Seminary. Um, because I think Ordinary Radicals was more so uh, my master's thesis from if you have a leadership problem you have a discipleship problem if you have a discipleship problem you have a leadership problem um, my Doctrine Dissertation is really understanding holistically what a person is uh, through kind of like a biblical counseling perspective yeah. and talking about no your cognition your affection your volition everything ties them together and then what, what does that mean I expand on that As we faithfully counsel people with the whole counsel of God's word, so uh, I know I kind of rabbit trail, but answer your question: Apologetics and discipleship actually kind of both ties in together. Right on. Because I mean, you would
0: say that. I mean, whenever you're in a discipleship um, Mm -hmm. mode, whenever you say, as the church gets together, um, families in the home, Mm -hmm. or as the church family gets together um, throughout the week, not just on Sundays. We are defending the gospel to ourselves, and then you know, just kind of what I talk about in First Peter. um, What he's doing in that letter is defending the gospel to believers. So Mm -hmm. it's like you know, whenever we we got to realize that whenever we are in discipleship, we are doing apologetics because we are having to defend the gospel uh, from ourselves and our ideals and what we want to do, and we've got to correct ourselves and each other, Mm -hmm. even as believers. So I mean, like there is that. Sort of dichotomy that's out there that you know apologetics is just for the world out there, mm-hmm. and that if we're sitting here pretty in the church, we don't really need to do that stuff because it's like presume that we all agree and all that, and, and we don't right, mm-hmm. and so we see that that flourishing ideals of where we're all in contention and we have to come together, and then there thus you have apologetics going on, so you know the mm-hmm. pastor is an apologist, mm-hmm. um so we need to get rid of these. Gifts um, that people have. Elders are just congregation members with a special gift. They're a first mm-hmm. among equal type of a deal. You know, we're all equal here. I've got this gift of being an elder. I've got this gift of being a deacon. Um, I really like to study things that uh, defend the gospel, so mm-hmm. you can call me an apologist, whatever that means. That's mm-hmm. not a biblical title for, or at least a specific biblical title. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I think that's what you're saying there. To boil it down. Mm-hmm. A discipleship is apologetics.
2: Yes, and nice. absolutely.
0: How we come together and exhort each other with good words from Scripture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that kind of brings me almost full circle um, to this concept of discipleship and apologetics as a as a element of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar of any re, familiar with any resources that talk about the discipleship? Mm-hmm element of apologetics if I'm gonna disciple an apologist. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna disciple any Christian, but let's say this person has a calling to be more more directly related into the apologetics and the defense of the faith. Mm-hmm. Right? Like what would that type of relationship look like in a discipleship manner? Mm-hmm. I I understand everyone's an apologist, definitely. Well, like, someone says, no, I'm really, I have a, bit of a major calling in the apologetic element. I really feel like that's a, a gifting God has given me. And mm-hmm. I hope I'm not running counter to anything that has been said. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I would say that there are people who certainly are in more, uh, you know, there's an element of their ministry that is more apologetic in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that kind of relationship look like? And, and do you know of any resources, you know, that would really equip someone to do that? Because mm-hmm. I feel like... When I engage someone, because I do have more of a defense of the gospel type of mm-hmm. mindset, my discipleship of a person looks slightly different. Mm. You know, when someone comes to me and says, "I, I really want to be discipled in apologetics directly," like I'm not going to say, "No, nah, just let, look at this." You know, uh, I'm going to go about that differently. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know of any resources or, or anything that would kind of, maybe even what that would look like? Does yeah. that make sense? I hope yeah. that's okay for me to ask. But if it's not, no, that's way a great question. There,
2: um, yeah. You know, I think about Martin Luther said, you know, one book is enough, yet a thousand book is not too many, right? <laughs> and uh You know, I think us apologists, we love books. You know, we love reading a lot of material. I was was kind of recently in an interview as well. But, you know, first of all, it needs to start with the scripture, right? right. You know, I told people like, you know, hey, I want to buy your book so I can kind of grow and become an ordinary radical. I was like, okay, well, that's a supplemental. Please, you know, yeah, I'm really excited that you want to read my book and, you know, read it. But it's really, really based out of the scripture. We're just a return to a Christ Center discipleship. That's kind of what the reformers did, right? It was like people talk about the Protestant Reformation. I was like, "Well, that's incredible, this new idea." Well, no, actually, we were reforming back, forming back what the Scripture intended to say, right? Reform, and um, and I and I'm just convinced more and more uh, as I grow in my faith, as you know, as I'm leading the congregation, and shepherding, and so forth, um, that we just have a lack of scripture you know mm. just people are just not reading and they're not praying the means of grace that God mm. has given us the communion of the saints and church discipline and scripture reading you know I think like Spurgeon the, you know the prince of preacher 19th century um you know, somebody asked him, I was like, hey, which one's more important, Bible reading or prayer? Which one's more important? And Spurgeon said, which one's more important, breathing in or breathing out, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's basic, as simple as that. So first of all, I would say, uh, if you want to learn to do apologetics, begin with the scripture, Amen. begin to read it. And then God's going to embrace your love for his word and love for his church and love for the world. And uh, and that would be an ebb and flow of evangelism Then, add naturally to evangelism. Uh, It's kind of like two-sword evangelism and apologetics kind of ties in together as a whole. You know what I'm saying? It's not like just systematic theology on the side or historical theology or the church of history. Like everything kind of flows in together and apologetics is just one aspect of it. Great Commission is kind of overflow of like biblical hermeneutics or biblical theology and systematic theology and so forth, right? Um, and I, I kind of talk a bit about that in the book for uh, "Show Me Why" book that we yeah, yeah. kind of gave out. Uh, just, just it's it's kind of buildup of that. So scripture, overall, all that. That being said, recently I read a book uh, called "The Apostles' Creed" by Doctor Albert Moeller Yeah. Uh, that recently came out. He just wrote it, and it's really based on the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. And uh, that too. Wow, you know, there's such a. I, I don't know about you all. It seems like more in the contemporary churches, uh, you know, there's a kind of pulling back like, hey, we don't wanna we don't wanna talk about creeds, you know? Yeah. We don't wanna mm-hmm. talk about Apostles Creed because it sounds like creedless, it sounds, you know, just so old school, right? Uh, so there's like a knee-jerk reaction, but my goodness, there's so much there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's, it's not, I don't think Dr. Moeller would say that's apologetics, bit, but my goodness, there's yeah, so man, much right in on. there. Oh, yeah. Right on talking about, uh, we believe in God, the father, that alone you can talk about so much. God, yeah, the advocate, right. we're talking about the Trinity. I think earlier, if you're not, if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to, uh, uh, Rob Phillips. There was an interview here talking about his new book, the Trinity. Uh, there's so much you can learn about that. you we're talking about Christology, divinity of Christ and, uh, the humanity of Christ, uh, you know, hypostatic union, right? Uh, you know, John 1, 14, the word became flesh. I mean, wow, that alone. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and Dr. Moeller said in that book, um, he, he said, you know, it's, when you read it, it's not these statements of things that you're just agreeing by. Just like, you're just going through emotion. You're actually reading a narrative. Amen. Mm-hmm. When you're reading the Apostles' Creed. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Man, and that's so what well we are, said. simple question. What is the gospel? You have a certain creed that you believe by and hold right. on to, that's right. and or churches are failing equipping, which is the apologetics issue. In fact, yeah, that's really it. Right. That's in fact an equipping issue. It's a discipleship issue, Uh which, which again <laughs> it comes go. back to yeah. the nature of discipleship, right? So yeah. uh, I personally have been so encouraged. Just I haven't finished through it, but I was reading through that uh, just recently uh, on the airplane and before I went back. Uh, before I went to Japan uh, so I'm not done with that but my goodness I preached through that with our chapel for a Christian academy that we have and that there was just so much richness that we we can learn and grow from that mm-hmm. so uh I don't know if I answer your question you, again but that's incredible that I
1: know you got you yeah. you have got an inter- you got a, a a lunch date at 11 mm-hmm. we've put you out just a few goodness. minutes Jonathan You always are welcome on our program. We are so grateful for what Mm -hmm. you do. I don't want to cut our interview short, but I know you got to rock and roll. You've been so generous to us. Um, So, because this is going to be a full episode, we're going to make this an episode itself. So we're going to have to end it in the right way that we always end our shows. So you get to be part of two endings (laughs) in one day. So... uh, I hope it's okay out, but I just know you. he's got a rock and roll yeah. here. We, we've got yeah. a little bit behind.
0: Yeah, so. well, thank you guys again for uh, listening to the Tag Group podcast and supporting us. And so we'll leave you with that. And we will definitely have Jonathan Hayashi again on the show. But anyway, this is Ray Ray. And this is Dave. And we and got this is Jonathan. And Sully. Dale. Gloria. <laughs>